This is Making It Happen by Sims, a podcast that brings people, business and technology together. Good morning. We are delighted to continue our series of Make IT Happen by Sims International. And today, delighted to be joined by uh, Cheryl from Stone Computers, Matthew, who is an independent consultant working uh, with Sims and other companies, and Roger from Jigsaw24, the largest Apple reseller in the UK. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Cheryl's uh, new to, to this uh, discussion group. Um, so I think it would be a good place to start for Cheryl just to introduce yourself um, and uh, your exciting role at Stone. Right. Well, well, thank you very much for, for letting me be here today. Um, yes, I'm uh, Cheryl Moore. I'm the head of sustainability at the Stone Group. Um, started in June, so almost a, a new starter. Um, yeah, and I'm in charge of the whole ESG agenda. Um, and, and I I, the reason I sort of I was in construction before when I came to Stone really because of their circular economy solution, which which I think is amazing. Um, so yeah, delighted to be here today. Thank you. Well, thank you, and you're very welcome, Roger. How are you? We haven't uh, the podcast was around six months ago. Um, how is the world at Jigsaw? Great, thanks. Uh, lots of activity on lots and lots of fronts. I mean, it's nonstop. It's it's sort of moved into business as usual now, which is what what you want to hear, I suppose. We've tripled the number of electric chargers. We've had a new EPC rating, uh, which we're going to get the results for tomorrow. We're hoping to move from a near D to hopefully a B at our head office uh, in Nottingham, which is Victorian. So that would be quite an achievement if we go to that rating. Uh, we're moving in London from a D to a B uh, on the EPC rating again. And it was interesting that without really any formal management uh, consultation, it it was immediately apparent to us all between us, and there's about six who are the key decision makers on this new premises, that the environmental efficiency of the building was a total non-negotiable and our first and primary requirement. And it was it was a lovely moment when we sort of looked at each other. And and I think landlords up and down the country now are hopefully in, in two camps and hopefully the dwindling camp is the NIMBYs who are, uh, or Luddites who are not doing enough uh, versus hopefully the growing majority who are saying, yes, we're happy to invest in our premises. And... Uh, we need to make sure that they're efficient and kind of generating electricity themselves, but at least maybe helping with EV charges. So the answer is Jigsaw's been moving forward on lots of fronts uh, with more and more support from everyone, which is great to see. Um, and Matthew, um, both with Sims and I, I guess with other clients, uh, I mean, starting with Sims, with that we have a meeting this morning just to finalise the project here at Sims. So we're not moving like, uh, like Roger, but... Uh, investment we're making here at Sims on solar, uh, EV chargers and um, air heat pumps. So uh, you've done a lot of work around that, but uh, maybe just a brief overview of, of that investment, plus anything that you've got currently going on with some of the other clients. Yeah, so we obviously we've sort of going ahead with um, a fairly substantial solar PV array at um the Sims office in, in Kent, which is which is great. Um, and that project will get underway very soon now. Um, so that's uh, been, we've been planning that over the summer. Um, so 
we'll get the electrical side of it done first and then perhaps move on to the heating element uh, of that which will be an air source heat pump integrated with with the um, solar as well so that's good to hear and in general i think um i was with a client yesterday who's pushing ahead with their sustainability and esg agenda um so just completed a, a quite a large baseline carbon footprint for that business so they're certainly keeping the pressure on this topic which is which is good to hear i mean despite a slight downturn in 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 some parts of the economy i think people are still interested in this topic which is good thank you uh i'm sure obviously in what, three months in the new role uh, i suppose I, I, a question the momentum that's that's uh that's that's carrying or has been in stone is that that's continuing are, are you on the same path as as uh who you took over from is that uh absolutely it's 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 amazing really it's some parts uh you know you're holding onto their coattails because it's like i want to go and do this and and, and then the people you're, you're you're bringing forward and it's it's basically be sort of consolidating all that activity really so yes very much moving towards solar panels because the site will do that which is brilliant uh slight interesting because it's an infrastructure issue actually with the actual electrical supplier and the storage and the substation that's stopping it you know stopping us moving forward at the speed that we want to so it's it's interesting on the interrelationship with different organizations of what you can move forward with but internally, we're doing as much as we can. So we've been doing an awful lot with our packaging and storage solutions as well, um, and also transportation uh, with our supply chain and, and getting products to and from. So we've been working a lot with that sort of activity as well, especially reducing our, our carbon footprint. I think we'd all accept the world is in a very different place today than it was actually when we spoke last time. In fact, I think when we spoke last time, the... Uh, awful war in Ukraine had just started. We've obviously seen uh, energy prices rising and inflation and economic uh, challenges that, that are coming to hit us. Are we concerned uh, that the investments into you know, the environmental activities that all our businesses are doing, are we going to see companies push this down the agenda? And should we be worried about that? Roger, you, I know you're a great reader of all things global. What, what, what do you, what are your thoughts about where it is on the agenda today versus where it was, say, in late February? I have no concerns at all. And I think it's higher up the agenda. Uh, we're a funny, selfish lot of the human race. And Sometimes it takes events uh, for things, for progress to be made. It took the plague in the 14th century for social progress to be made and true mobility to start and the beginning of wages and the end of serfdom. And I think to draw the modern analogy, uh, you can't just keep wearing ever thicker layers of jumpers over the winter. We've got to start generating our own electricity, all of us. We've got to stop waste. We've got to appreciate what things cost in terms of fuel meters and smart meters and so on. So I think this is going to push the green agenda up to the top. Uh, I'm not political. I have voted for all three, in fact, all four parties, if you include the Greens. But to see that Labour are leading on a 2030 initiative is significant, not because it's Labour, but because all the political parties borrow from each other. And you can bet your bottom dollar that even if some people may think, and that's another judgment to be made for other people on another occasion, the current government is very more possibly to the right. Uh, because Labour have put this commitment in for 2030 for British uh, energy independence, you can be pretty sure it will be in most uh, manifestos by 2030. It's becoming mainstream now. 
and uh, the fact we all need to save money. You know, the economic imperative, what is it? Grab people by their wallets and their hearts and minds will usually follow. And I'm afraid, or maybe I'm not afraid, maybe I'm celebrating quite that that's the case. Tragic though the circumstances are, the awful circumstances. Um, so, Matthew, um, again, you're very aware with our continued commitment at, at Sims, but uh, uh, what, what are you finding in talking to new clients, current clients? Is the uh, is the uh, you know, is it still a key um, investment companies are wanting to make? Yes, and obviously there's you know in the good times, sort of people get stuck into these topics, and they have done so very intensively over the last five years, and um, I, I see that that continuing. I think people are. Um, you know, very much tuning into the higher costs that they're facing. Uh, I think a lot of them uh, would have preferred to have taken action uh, many years ago to sort of help protect them a bit more uh, at the moment. But nevertheless, I think people, um, the cycle continues, you know, the sun starts shining early, you know, when it starts shining early next year, people will get very excited about solar panels again less so over the winter. So it's a, it's, a, it's a perennial issue, really. I think the high prices are stress testing a lot of people's, um, uh, you know, uh, awareness of um, how much their businesses are paying for energy. Um, obviously, the support package that the government's put in place, well, the, the early support package was unprecedented for consumers. And of course, the business support package has come along, which is obviously you know, the first time it's ever happened. So the government has responded. There's been a lot of a lot of preamble to the support package, which I think has sort of frightened a lot of people. But essentially, the way I see it is that energy prices will, will, will stabilise for the next six months. So we're sort of roughly 32, 34 pence a unit for electricity and around about 10 pence for gas. You know, very, you know, electricity has more than doubled and gas has probably gone up four or five times. So not good, not a good situation. But at least now with the support package in place, businesses can forecast their energy costs with a bit more certainty. So that's good. Um, and I think the more businesses can prepare over the next six months um, for if they are able to, to invest in, in technologies that help take away their dependence on the grid, that's probably a very, very sensible thing to do. And because of the high prices, the, the, the return on investment and the paybacks is kind of halved, if not more than halved. So in many ways, there's never been a better time uh, to go for this kind of um, decarbonisation um, investment. Of course, you know, demand's gone up, uh, the supply chain has tightened, and as always, the good installers are, are very, very busy. So... Um, do plan, you know, businesses do need to plan ahead. They do need to look at their local supply chains. But I, I still maintain it's, you know, a positive. Yeah, you know, there are some positives coming out of all this, uh, these strong sort of economic headwinds that we're all facing. But I think there are some positives, and I think people have got the next six months or so to get really stuck into this topic now and make some good decisions. And I think, as Roger was saying, I, mean, I think governments borrow from each other. And I think the, the, the country was already on, on track for a, a significant you know, investment in, in uh, homegrown energy. So the 2030 target is, 
it's 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 a good thing to hear from Labour, but I think the, the existing government was more or less going in that direction anyway. So I don't think it's a good headline, but actually the government's commitment to sort of homegrown energy was already very strong. And for example, I think offshore wind um, capacity was set to double anyway. So we we have made good progress in this country, and we are continuing to make good progress. I think the last auctions for um, contracts for difference, for example, was was a record-breaking auction. So there's still a lot of investment appetite for this part of the um, economy as well. So that's, you know, there are some positives here. So I don't think we should be too gloomy about um, the next uh, five years or so. So there's lo- lots more will happen anyway. No, well, thank you, Matthew. Cheryl, yes, yeah, same, same with you. What, what, what uh, we, we talked briefly be, before we started recording that you know, clearly the, the some of the economic uh, headwinds, as, as Matthew is saying, what, do you are you do you think similar to what's already been said? Absolutely, and I think uh, it, it's almost as terrible. This crisis has actually driven it, the agenda further forward. I think because you know, financially, it, it's always the driver on businesses, and it's but it's quite nice now to see it, that it's not just financial. It's you you get that that's environmental benefit as well and and generating your own electricity but also being more economical with the electricity insulation on, on the building people just don't want to waste it because they just they'll learn to appreciate how much this actually costs and how much impact it's making on the environment to generate it so if you're just looking after the resources better it's got to be a plus hasn't it and and that's so in one way, I'm, I'm, you know, it, it is, it is a positive move. Um, it's very much on the supply chain. It's interesting, you know, if you're trying to get an electric car at the moment. The delays are just incredible. You can see that demand coming up, and it's just the the manufacturing hasn't hasn't sort of brought that in line. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But I think costs will come down as well. I think, you know, it become more mainstream having these solar panels and other products and EV charges. I think the price at the moment is still quite, quite expensive. But I think with the demand going up, I think the costs will come down and more people will join into the into the economy with it. Yeah. And do you what, what do we think? We All our businesses work in um, the IT uh, sector or channel as we we often yeah. call it roger i know you you are a prominent speaker in the channel for the channel what are your thoughts as you know looking at what we as companies in the it sector do you think we're performing well could be i guess everybody could be doing better but how do you see the it stacking up against other industries what, in terms of economic uh, uh, robustness or in terms of uh, sustainability progress? Sustainability. Oh, I think we're ahead because we've always been quite forward-looking. We're not frightened of new technology. We're not frightened of investment. Basically, it's just enlightened capex, isn't it? But there are lots of other benefits. Uh, we've talked about costs and, and uh, you know, it's just been said by another speaker that, uh, you know, the ROI is now twice as good. I mean, that's, that's, that's massive. But then there's the reputational side. And, you know, everyone talks about the talent drain and the key importance of attracting and retaining talent. I think it's going to become politically unacceptable very, very soon for you not to be generating some level of electricity from your building. Uh, And I think that landlords that don't invest are going to be in real trouble. And I think that things are changing really, really fast. The second best-selling car in Britain last month was a Tesla Model Y, which sells for £50,000. And that's the second top seller by unit, which means it was a top seller by revenue. And it beat a a, a much more modestly priced Ford. uh, And also it came second to a modestly priced Ford. That's extraordinary. That wouldn't have happened two years ago, let alone five years ago. So you know, the world is changing at warp speed. 
you would Sims, who are a forward-looking, you know, mid-sized distributor, would have been thought to be cranks to be putting solar on their roof just three years ago, I would uh, suggest. And now everyone's saying, well, that's good of Sims. They are ahead of the pack. We should be there too. There's a bit of envy, a bit of FOMO. And just that's just happened in three years. And I know you're in the Garden of Kent and the sun's always beautiful there, blah, blah, blah. But what a, what a transformation. And I just think we're, that this level of transformation is just going to accelerate now. So I think it's, I think IT is well placed. And I think we're all, we're all well placed. And we just need to keep moving really, really quickly. One of those things where, you know, you look behind and you're ahead of the pack. And what should your response be? Put your head down, grit your teeth, and run even harder, uh, even faster, because I think that's what we all need to do. And I guess, Cheryl, you, you can um, speak with great authority, having come, I think you said, from the construction industry into IT. I don't know whether you had previous IT experience, but uh, but uh, having, albeit three months in the in the in the IT industry, do you think that the IT is IT industry is is um, is committed and investing well, in your view? being relatively new to it absolutely it's amazing because because the products are changing very much just on on energy consumption you can see the actual the way they're building you know the actual laptops and computers to have less energy consumption and then you've got obviously um you know all, all the servers as well and the, the stuff that microsoft are doing on offsite on what they're doing on the cloud-based servers is, is making a massive impact and they're, and they're saying they're going to be carbon neutral by 2025 so you can just see how it translates, let alone the circular economy that we're talking about, where, you know, with, with ITAD products, where you're, you're, you're just bringing, you know, used products back into circulation to find, um, you know, new buyers and just bringing that longevity of the actual product, which makes sense, you know, sort of extended warranties, repair and maintenance. I just think people are seeing the actual benefits from that. And it, it wasn't just really from, People were doing it for an environmental point of view, but also from an economic point of view, which, again, is driven into people's pockets at the moment. Would you really need that highest spec at the moment? Uh, so we're seeing the the ITAD sales really improving because people are going, well, actually, we do need a new a, a computer, but we don't necessarily need the most current model. We will move to this one. So we definitely see that sort of demand increasing as well. And, it, and it's a much better solution, isn't it, um, for certain people to do that. But I think it's having a mixture uh, and, and offering that whole range of different products for different people. But I love that some of the products, so like Microsoft are bringing in um, a plastic mouse that, you know, made from ocean plastic. Uh, and, and I've seen a keyboard with that. And, and I think there's going to be more of that and more actually even on new build using recycled products as well. And you can already see that in, in in different sectors in the retail, for instance, where they're bringing into account all that. So I think definitely much looking at the original resources as well and trying to get the most out of it. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, Matthew, I guess you're, you're in a great position um, in that you're looking at lots of different industries. I don't know, Sims is the only sort of IT company you work with, but uh, would you agree with what Roger and Cheryl have been saying? Well, I, I, I think so. And I, I think obviously the, the, the products that, we use the IT products that we use are you know very refined um, pieces of equipment these days uh, very energy efficient I mean the laptop I've got sort of the battery is you know incredible compared to the previous one so there's you know there's there's still real improvements being made um, and I think there is you know there are opportunities to sort of push things into the circular economy um, I mean, the more recycling that goes on, um, the better. And there is some really good stuff happening in the IT sector, I think, with 
recovering. Um, you know, people, there's a company in, in Kent actually I was reading about the other day um, in, in Sittingbourne. Um, they're sort of doing quite a lot of work with um, IT, um, yeah, IT equipment that's, that, that they'll collect it for, for free. They will um, reuse it, reallocate it where they can, and, and where they can't reuse it, it'll be broken down and recycled very, you know, to, to a very great level of detail. So there is a lot of room, I think, for this sort of local, regional level, um, highly detailed recycling and circular economy activity to go. So there are some clear leaders at the moment, but, but there is a lot more that can happen. And I think often it's like a, it's at a town or small city scale. If you take a city like Canterbury, for example, you know, it's a small city, compact, um, quite a lot of, um, you know, you know a lot of businesses not really recovering materials that well. Some are doing a good job, but many aren't. And you, you could really envisage in the near future, sort of very local scale recycling systems. And I think, you know, our neighbours in, in France and the Netherlands uh, and Germany do this, already do this particularly well. And I'm always surprised that we, we are really lagging behind on that kind of circular economy stuff. So I'd love to see more of that happening. And I think the IT sector is well placed to actually, you know, it's already doing a good job, but it could obviously do more and, you know, help educate other types of businesses. Just a, a probably more for for Cheryl and, and Roger in that, and it's it's really a, a question for myself in that when one is thinking about um, sustainability, are you spending more time looking at what your vendors are currently doing and understanding what they're doing, or is it about what you should be doing or what or how you should be? Um, encouraging or working with your customers or, or don't you even look at separating it it's about what your individual companies are doing overall Cheryl so we've done some analysis of our supply chain of about 400 and it, it's interesting some are leading the, the way that you know they're they're very they're very good on sustainability and you're like you're working very closely with them you know when we're talking about transportation so DPD are using electric vehicles and stuff but some of the some of the other organisations aren't. So it's it's sharing that intellect and um, expertise across that, and offering people opportunities to develop. So we've we've been working quite closely with Supply Chain Sustainability School, which is very good. So that again, that's free access to to vendors to to have a look at and and join. So again, that's a very good resource. And and again, with our clients, some of our some of our customers are, are incredibly forward thinking, and what you know, and then others are are perhaps not. Um, but it's, it's then, so within the framework we've developed, we're sort of like at the moment we're in our first year, which is informing people. So it's just really improving that intellect, which is great now in the sense that you've got that economic argument, which I know we don't really want to be in, but we are in that. So it just makes even more sense to 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 move faster and, you know, consider these investments that organisations can do, whether it's through the supply chain or, or whether it's through customers. So we don't see the difference. It's just making sure that we're trying to just raise the whole profile of sustainability. Uh, Roger, are you the same? We work very closely with Apple, who are leaders in this field. So they have an environmental product declaration, which looks at all of their products from an ISO 14040 point of view. So it's been internationally verified. And it looks at uh, uh, components, you know, the source ingredients, the components that are going into the manufacturing. It looks at the manufacturing process itself. Then it looks at supply uh, and delivery. And then it looks at usage over a blended three or five years. And then the afterlife 
which with Apple, of course, can be three, uh, not three, but often eight or 10 years after it's been first bought because afterlife takes a long time because you hand them down to other people or colleagues or friends. And according to that, they come out with uh, kilograms of CO2 for each product. So let's take the entry-level iPhone. It was 72 kilos, then it was 68, then it was 64. This year it's 61. And that's it. And it's ISO, so we can record what it is. Now, Apple's long-term view is to try and make every single product 100% from recycled elements. And when they turn over nearly half a trillion dollars a year, by the way, a trillion seconds takes 33,000 years. So that's how much a trillion is. It's a lot. When you think how big they are, I mean, they're selling billions of, there's billions of iPhones out there. There's over 2 billion iPhones in these, uh, a third of humanity. The numbers are mind-boggling, but that is what they are intending to do, so every single product. So we are now trying to take that lead and look, talk to other vendors like that. Eyes are fully compliant with ISO 14040 and 14044, for example. As for customers, well, we think the customer's king, so you've got to be, you've got to listen to them. Uh, and more and more now, it's coming up on tenders. It's coming up on uh, requests for pricing. And uh, when we see a customer who's interested in, in, in this whole thing, we, we, we jump on it and uh, help try and bowl them over. So, it, yeah, it's becoming mainstream. All positive. All moving in the right direction. Okay. So so a couple um, of uh, quick-fire questions, uh, starting with Matthew. Do you think King Charles should attend COP27? <laughs> Well, uh, somebody asked me this question the other day and, I, and I, somebody said, oh, King Charles isn't going to, to uh, Egypt, to Sharm el-Sheikh. And I said, well, that would be one less person who's, who flies there. So um, I don't know. I mean, I'm fairly neutral on the topic, to be honest. Um, I didn't actually know he was going in the first place. So perhaps maybe I'm not too concerned about that particular topic. But um, no, I think... Um, COP26, the Glasgow Pact and, and the Paris Accord that was agreed at Glasgow, I mean, that was obviously a pretty important COP. This is Conference of the Parties. Um, so I think it is, you know, obviously COP27 needs to sort of consolidate and keep things on track. But um, I, I don't think, you know, King Charles will make, uh, uh, it would be nice, but perhaps not essential. I think with COPs, the devil's in the detail. And often it's the last few hours of these meetings where actually things are agreed. So I'm fairly ambivalent towards that, to be honest, Andrew. <laughs> uh, uh, Roger, do you, uh, do you have oh, a view? I, I violently think you should go. I think you need to have celebrities there like Greta and him, David Attenborough. Uh, I think it's we don't just want boring men and women in suits, politicians who none of us trust. He's in a difficult position. Uh, Liz Truss has said he shouldn't go or advised him. Alok Sharma has now said he should go. Alok Sharma is a member of the cabinet, and of course, the outgoing, he's going to pass the bat on to COP20, uh, the, the next holder in COP27, Egyptian. So I think you should go because it, it just sets the tone. I agree with your point about the last you know, five minutes to midnight for all the decisions, but nonetheless, it sets the tone and it will get the headlines. And so it's important. Uh, Cheryl, do you have a view either way? I, th I think, um, you know, he's always shown a great compassion for sustainability in whatever form. And, and, I, I think he would definitely add to it. Now, whatever the politicals behind it, I think it would definitely be a plus to go. Uh, and I hope he does. Uh, and to end with, um, I was thinking about uh, what uh, I've actually been doing at, at home to, to make uh, you know, from a, a non-business you know, contribution. And I suppose there's two things that are currently going on uh, which uh, I feel proud about. Uh, one is my beloved Land Rover Defender uh, will visit Oxfordshire hopefully in the next four to six months, to be converted to an electric vehicle. So its diesel engine will be removed. 
and replaced by an electric engine. And secondly, uh, just ordered a couple of days ago, a, a rug for home that is being made out of recycled bottles. So those are two sort of, one actually has happened, one is about to happen, examples of what we're doing at home. Matthew, is this something that, uh, that's uh, a recent event that uh, you feel good about from an environmental point of view? Well, hearing about your Defender being converted to an EV is probably the most exciting thing I've heard recently. So that's that's fantastic news. Um, well, two things. Um, firstly, um, I've turned the flow temperature down on um, our gas boiler at home. Um, often they can be set too high and uh, you, you have to be a little bit careful with condensing boilers, but you can turn the flow temperature down, which saves money. And I've also been reading this week about DIY electronics sort of um, enthusiasts who are making little monitoring devices for their, for example, flow temperature or additional things they can add to their electric uh, meters to help them monitor home energy use. And I think these are sort of small IT devices running on maybe things like Arduino platforms and that kind of thing. So I'm quite pleased to hear that people who are interested in electronics and energy are starting to actually design, build and, and, and implement their own products. And I suspect some of these might actually get commercialised. So I thought that was quite an interesting development. Cheryl, anything? Uh, I've moved to a electric hybrid and I've ordered a full electric car, but it, it might take a little while to come. So I have got a charger now at home, which was actually a lot less painful than I thought, because there is quite a lot of consideration when you actually get it all connected up and, and isolation connections and everything else. But actually, it's worked out all right. And if you think about the fuel uh, that you use in, in comparison to the cost of the electric, it's still, even with the prices they are, it's still a really positive move. So if people are considering, it wasn't as painful as they thought it would be. So I'm very pleased about that. Uh, and Roger? Don't buy a Christmas tree this year. Uh, get an artificial one, an eco-artificial one. I've moved my pension scheme away from fossil fuel. I've got a soda stream, dishwasher tablets, two electric cars, oat milk, electric barbecue, uh, uh, recycling more, compostable bin bags, trying to cut down on, I had to cut down on beef, got rid of gas oven, gone for electric. Oh, Apple Pay, stop using cash, loads more to do. Giving monthly now to Tree Council, Water Raid, Greenpeace, Friends of the Earth. Oh, and of course, they switch to an eco energy supplier if you possibly can. No, it's very difficult at the moment, but there's so much to do. Which really is diet, transport, and then heating and insulation. Those are the three main areas to try and do something on. So go cashless. You can start that this afternoon. Well, look, thank you very much. I think uh, at least we've all demonstrated that we're we're committed both in our private lives as well as our roles in in um, companies. I'd like to thank you all so much for your time this morning. I hope it's been of interest to those who are listening. And um, you know, let's uh, let's meet again in uh, 23. But uh, thank you so much to everybody, and have a great day. Thanks, Andrew. Thank Thanks you. very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.